welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are excited to continue to bring you fresh new content. I don't know how that always happens. We do take showers all the time, so we stay fresh for you, for your minds, for your ears all the time. I just made that up. Hopefully it makes sense. (laughs) Hopefully it's clean. (laughs) It is because we just showered. We are going to talk with you. together. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that clarification of very important. Whoever's editing our sound, please do not cut that out. That's essential for this episode. We want to talk with you guys about a couple of important issues, I guess, for relationships. In a previous episode, we talked about getting started with couples counseling. And this doesn't necessarily directly roll over into this episode, but but it relates, you know, in terms of relationships. So we want to talk about how like different, I guess, developmental stages or the ways that you develop as a person from childhood into adulthood, and then like your attachment style with your caregiver, like your mom, your dad, how those kinds of things impact who you are as a person and how you engage relationships. I know that sounds like a whole bunch of like, I don't know, maybe technical jargon or stuff that's a little bit complicated, but basically it's like, what are some things about your life growing up? that you might need to know that are like normal developmental kinds of things, and then maybe a little bit abnormal or stunted developmental kinds of things. And then how does that impact the way you look at and engage relationships now as an adult? And we do want to honor you children out there that are listening to our podcast. So maybe you're in one of those (laughs) developmental stages still. Hopefully this will course correct you to get on the right track. And also, thanks for listening. (laughs) All you eight-year-olds out there. (laughs) So uh, Nate, get us started with, What is the like normal developmental process that people would go through just on a really, really basic high level? Yeah. So the 40,000 foot view would be that, look, you're born and you're pretty dependent, right? I mean, you're a baby, you know, that's pretty dependent. (laughs) Right. Well, the next phase after that is codependence. And then the next phase is independence. And then the next phase is interdependence. Um, we part of the, how we came up with this episode was that I, this last week I've spent several times trying to help folks know like that because they're like, well, I don't want to be codependent, so I'm not doing X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, you're I have to do some training on what codependency is because they're using it to avoid their partner. Right. So then if so, you drop down to the 20,000 foot view. That's when you get into these words that you've probably heard. They've been repopularized recently. In a, in a book called Attached, um, and there, I've heard about it, people are coming in and talking about it this a lot last year, this idea of being dismissive, avoidant, secure attachment, anxious attachment, preoccupied, fearful and avoidant. So that all actually uh, interweaves into all this, right? So if, if you, for example, um, are more secure, that means that you have a positive view of yourself. And then it also means that you have a positive view of others. In general, you maybe you're a little optimistic about yourself. You don't think, you know, you're realistic, you know, and actually (laughs) 
statistics show, which this might hurt some of your guys' brains, um, that 51% of the population actually is secure. So if you're if you're anxious, it's like, well, you're not in the majority. You may think everybody I thought everybody has problems. No, nope, secure people don't have any problems. <laughs> None. <laughs> They're totally fine. But we still want you to listen to our, our podcast. <laughs> so the other side of the coin that we wanted to work for, focus on today, because there's we have this broken into four quadrants, which I'm going to kind of let Aaron talk more about. But um, I just wanted to say, like, the, the other side of this of fearful and avoidant, that's kind of the direct opposite. You have a negative view of yourself and also a negative view of others, but I will turn it over to you, Aaron. Yeah. So just to back up a little bit. So, um, in the developmental process, you're saying that like everybody goes through a, like a bit of a, a dependent stage. I mean, obviously you have to, when you're young, you know, um, I've seen this in a boundaries book also in terms of, um, you've got like two line trajectories. You won from being a baby for yourself. Um, it's very low. You have like zero responsibility for yourself. And then the line for your parents is like way up at the in the ceiling because they have all the responsibility. And then their line goes down kind of as a as time goes on, it goes in a downward trajectory because as you grow up and you get older, they hand over more and more responsibility to you. It's like, okay, little Billy, can you tie your shoes? Can you tie your own shoes? Can you put your own shoes on now? And then as you get older, it's like, you know, drive yourself to school. It's no longer little Billy. It's like bill or william or something you know um stop calling me billy um and then for the child you have zero responsibility but as you get older you take on more and more hopefully to be able to um, completely take over all the responsibilities so your line trajectory is going up over time and at some point they sort of intersect where you're sort of sharing some responsibilities so in that sense like you have to be dependent on your parents for a time as a child. And then at some point you have to be like extremely codependent. Like you just need them for everything. It's like, Oh, I can't do that unless my mommy blank. And it's like, wow, your, your kid is really codependent, but we just call that childhood. And then at a certain point you're saying that moves into independence where like, is that like teenage years or something like that, where kid can pretty much take care of and they want to take care of all of their own things. But in a way it's kind of like, a fiercely independent, like, I don't need you. I'm a teenager sort of a thing. And then maybe eventually as they get into like young adulthood, adulthood, it's like, okay, actually I do need people. And it's a good thing. And it doesn't mean anything bad about me. Is that kind of what you're describing? Yeah. The thing I would add is if the codependency part, um, as a kid is in and a parent, when you're growing up, the basic root of codependency is I'm, I will be okay if you are okay. So think about how that works in a parent child relationship. That means the kid now has their own emotions. They, they kind of know what they are. They, they work to try to make them go away or have more. Like they want to be more happy or less mad or whatever. They're like maybe two or, you know, two to four. And um, the parent is tuned in to realizing like they start, maybe, you're, you know, you realize with your kid that you're getting anxious because they, they're, they're like getting ready to throw something or they're getting mad. So as a parent, you're like, okay, I need to tune in here and help them calm down because they can't, they're not able to do that. And, and so there is like, you are dependent kind of on one another, like you're kind of growing together. Whereas before in baby land, so to speak, kid doesn't even know anything that's going on whatsoever. And they are totally dependent on, you are giving them all the information and attachment. They're not doing really anything except for absorbing it. And later with, with um, independence, it's when, 
you're, yeah, like about teenager land, you are doing things on your own. You don't feel like you even want to ask your parents. You don't give a, like, care what they say. And then um, even later than that, interdependence is you realize, yeah, I mean, I, I know that, like, I don't have all the wisdom that I need. So this would actually would be a lot later. Uh, you know, we're talking like late 20s, you know, maybe early 30s, where you're like, you realize you don't have everything that you like, it would be helpful to have more wisdom. And you could lean on that. But you also could do your own self pretty well. And you also know that you have something to contribute to to them or whatever. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, it's really helpful. I think as we were talking about this to understand that normal developmental process, and then also to kind of overlay this attachment stuff. And I know it'll, it sounds really complicated. And even as I'm thinking about it, it's like, ah, this is like, okay, that's great. I understand that it's a lot of information. But then also this attachment stuff seems like it's a lot of information as well, but it actually kind of goes together really well. So if you're listening, hang in there, we'll try to turn the corner and make this like become really clear and make it really practical and make sense to you. So keep that in your mind. I I think most of you kind of know and understand kind of that story of growing up of, you know, of what that uh, dependence and codependence kind of stuff looks like. Let's now talk about this, like, it's kind of informational stuff, I guess it's a little bit more abstract that you were talking about. It's this attachment stuff that has um, one of the, the clearest visuals I've seen is like this um, four quadrant kind of a thing, you know, it's like um, the top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right sort of a thing. And you've got um, on one half of this image, you've got your thoughts of yourself. Um, Your thoughts of yourself are on the top half. And you can have some positive thoughts about yourself, or you can have some negative thoughts about yourself. And I don't mean like sometimes you think negatively about yourself. I mean, like in general, you are a bad person. There's something wrong with you. Or if you're good, you're like, no, I'm good. I'm flawed and human, but I generally like who I am. So on one side, you would have, um, if you think well of yourself, you know, that's a good thing generally. And if you think negatively of yourself, then you're going to turn away from yourself and potentially toward other people. On the bottom half of this image, you've got um, your view or your thoughts of other people. So the first one is thoughts of yourself. This is now thoughts of other people. And you can have, again, positive thoughts of other people or negative thoughts of other people. Generally, if you have positive thoughts of other people, then it's like, oh, good. Like my caregiver, my partner, my friends, the people in my life around me, they're good. I want to connect with them. I trust them. They're safe. And then if you have negative uh, thoughts of other people, then you're going to tend to be uh, avoidant of those people. You're not going to want to be involved in relationships or at, at best you're going to have some fear, some hesitancy, some unsafety, some trust issues with other people. So when you start putting some of that together, for example, if you have a positive view of yourself, but a negative view of other people, what you end up with is, um, well, I'm good, but you guys are idiots. So I'm going to just kind of do my own thing. I'm going to just be independent I am going to like rely on myself, trust myself, and I might need somebody a little bit here and there if I have to. Um, Or on another angle, if you think that there is something wrong with you and everybody else is okay, then um, if something happens, if you make a mistake or whatever, you might 
extremely think think that you're extremely bad and like, oh, I'm terrible. I need you. You need to be there for me. You're good. Help me feel okay. Um, that might sound a little anxious to you. That's because it is. <laughs> it's an anxious <laughs> attachment style. Um, or what we're going to talk about today is like the, you know, the positive of self and positive of others. That's your secure. That's like your, you know, Superman, Superwoman kind of people. If I have, I've never met somebody like that. It, they seem like they're very well grounded and hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was me. Nice to meet you. <laughs> that was Nathan's held up a mirror. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. You're, you're so kind to me. <laughs> yeah, that's because I'm secure. <laughs> <laughs> my brother's got my back. <laughs> um, and then we're also going to talk about that other corner where it's a negative view of yourself and negative view of other people. So it's like, I'm not okay. And you're not okay. So none of us is okay. It's all bad. And that's like your like disorganized, avoidant, fearful, avoidant kind of attachment style. Fearful of intimacy, that kind of thing. So if you think about like the, I mentioned, you know, the breakdown of the, of the growth and development of how we develop with dependence, codependence, independence, interdependence. If you're growing up and you have like, you experience this idea that you are not cared for, like people don't care about you. And then on top of that, you decide it's like kind of bad enough that like you do some things wrong, maybe about it. You like you kind of grow up and are not, you're not a good, you're just not a good person. I mean, you have, you, maybe you have some interaction with law enforcement or you seem to get in trouble all the time. You'll think inside your head, like I'm not good either. Right. So no one's good. No one actually cares about me. And I actually, and that's legitimate. Like they shouldn't because I'm a bad, <laughs> a bad person. So what do you do? You, why would you be intimate with anybody? Why would you tell them anything? It doesn't matter what they say. You already, they are, they, even if they sound like they care for you, they don't because nobody ever has. So why would they, why would anything start now? I mean, the risk for that is huge. So it, it doesn't make any sense to do it. Yeah. And I think that can look like a couple of things. It can, sometimes it can look like, I mean, this is very extreme. So I, I'm like half being facetious about this, but it can be extreme, like a sociopathic, like, I don't need anybody. I'm going to like be my own person and kind of hide away. Um, it, but it also doesn't have to be as extreme as that. It can be someone who's just generally um, pretty independent or, um, or reclusive, um, depending on themselves. But it can also look, if you, if you take it less extreme and make it a little bit more socially normal, it can be very disorganized. Because like you're saying, even though it is a risk for intimacy, these folks recognize that they also want to have a relationship or they want to have intimacy, or maybe there are times where they want to try to depend on somebody else and say, well, maybe this person is good, or maybe this person can be good because they did something nice for me, or they did this thing that was really, you know, whatever that nobody else has ever done. And so they might try to take some of those risks only to find out that that person is a human being or didn't do exactly what you were expecting them to do. And then they will interpret that with that like fearful, um, I guess, anxious kind of a, of a response. And then that will basically confirm your idea of, oh, wait, no, I am bad. I knew that they were going to do that. I, I shouldn't have trusted. And so you can see this like swing from, OK, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to open up or I'm going to trust into like total shutdown. And it can seem sort of bipolar in a sense that you know, what the heck happened? Where is this even coming from? But that's the disorganization and the fear of intimacy and closeness of this attachment style. 
Right. And so um, the other side of which I, you know, not that we're avoiding, but the secure attachment side is the, it's really kind of the ability to like monitor yourself. Like you, you don't, you, you take things that have a tendency to be a bit more realistic. Like you have a bad experience with your partner or with a friend. And then you're like, man, that's like, okay, well, let me look at that. Like, what did they actually say? Like, oh, they could probably, you know, they've been having a hard time. They, you know, they've been pretty stressed out. I've been pretty stressed out. And I did say this thing, and I could see how that could be perceived as, or I could see that it was probably not like the, the most sensitive thing to say at that moment. I mean, you're not being hard on yourself. You can just be honest with yourself about maybe something you said and did and how it impacted the other person without it, like, sending you down into a spiral. So the fear that takes over in the other situation that we've been talking about when, when you're, when you kind of have a fear ultimately that you're not, that you're not okay and there's something wrong with you and a fear that everybody has something wrong with them. I mean, whatever way the fear is stronger for you and what in, in that particular interaction is how you're going to respond, which is why it's very disorganized. It doesn't make any sense because the people with you won't know why you're taking it the way you're taking it. It will not make sense. And so you may, respond because the because you think in that particular instance that you have done everything right it was fine like what you said was fine and they they say something like that's confusing to you because um you know for whatever reason quite frankly and you come you get on them like you're like, can't believe you would do that i can't believe you'd say that you know and real and they're confused like what yeah the like, secure person is like what what are they even come coming from like i can see how I might have said this thing and that might have been a little bit off putting or whatever, but I cannot see at all how it would warrant this kind of a reaction. Like you're acting as though I just, you know, killed your best friend or something. Right. And then as soon as you say something like that, secure person, the other person that just said that all of a sudden has the, has the experience emotionally that like, Oh, I am the bad one. And you know it. <laughs> right. And it's invisible to everyone. <laughs> yes. So now like, no, it's all right. No, I'm really bad. I course, you know, and then they go. And then into, a secure might, might say like, hey, bro, like I'm not trying to, you don't have to have that kind of a reaction. I'm just, I'm just saying that it seems like it's bigger than what it needs to be. And I just am trying to move toward you and to look at this calmly um, together because I, I like you and I want to get to know you better or, or have a relationship with you. And then I, again, that, that's, this is where it spirals. I'm just, as a secure person, I'm just trying to, you know, deal with the issue, make it the, the size that it really needs to be, which is probably not as big as you're making it out to be. But then for the disorganized or fearful uh, attached person, you're experiencing and hearing all of that through that negative lens. So even when I'm trying to like bring us back to safety and be grounded, you're hearing that as what's wrong with me? You're telling me I'm bad and I shouldn't be reacting this way. That's just confirming, you know, everything. <laughs> right. It's like, and the secure person's like, good grief. I can't, I can't win here. <laughs> like you, because you can't I literally you can't. Right. right. And, and on the other side, like th this is why, you know, we mentioned in the couples therapy earlier, if you have a couple dynamic where one person is more disorganized, there's some work that they have to do to understand the middle ground because they don't really get the middle ground. They're looking at everything more through the extreme, like the, the extreme sides, the, you know, the binary nature of it, of like, it's either, it's either bad, I'm bad, or the other person's bad. And there's no, there's no compromise. Yeah, there's no like being a human being where you might be good and make a mistake. A mistake is not, is just a mistake. It's not, you're a complete abject failure. 
Well, even in that, what you're saying, like if, if um, they'll say like, yeah, I'm only human, which means I'm only bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, God, okay. there you go again. You're like, <laughs> right. I can't say anything without you interpreting it like in this extreme. And yeah, that's right. Because it is very binary. Right. So um, some of when you have a secure attachment, the, 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 the overall like backing up, it is hard. It is really hard for people that have a negative view of self and also others to be in relationship that the relationships are typically very superficial. The, the folks that might grow up in, in friendships that are like over long term and you have like maybe that friend that struggles with this, it can feel really exhausting. Like, you might be like, oh, let's not, oh, I don't know that I want to invite Bob to pizza tonight. Like, I don't know what's going to go wrong. It's too unpredictable. And it's, it, it's, it sucks because it's hard for them. And it's even hard to suggest they go to therapy because, of course, they should because they're bad. Yeah. And, Bob, we just want to reach out to you and let you know that we understand um, you're not alone, Bob. And we, we do care. We, um, this is something that you can recover from. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. Um, <laughs> But no, seriously, I do want to say, though, as therapists, like this is the kind of thing that you can heal from. If you didn't get some of those things in childhood, like if you didn't go through that process of codependence and being able to trust and rely on somebody else and experience that they were reliable so that you could move safely and securely into independence, not not as a reaction like, OK, I can't trust anybody. I'm going to do everything on my own. But as a, okay, I can trust you and I can trust myself too. If you didn't get that, therapy definitely can help with that. It's a challenge because therapy is a relationship. And us as counselors are trying to attach with you and connect with you and engage with you and help you to see some of these like anxieties and fears and insecurities about yourself and how you operate in relationships. And then to begin to put those on the table in front of us and to repair those things. So yeah, therapy might not look and feel great to you, but it's doing exactly what it needs to do is to surgically repair those kinds of things over time. Yeah. So in conclusion, I mean, the reality is, is as humans, we all have needs. That is not a problem. That is just we all have them. Some of us don't really know that those needs could be met. And so we don't even know that we might have that need. Right. And and I'm saying to you, like, it's OK that you have those needs uh, and you might not know how to fulfill them. And that's, that's something you can learn. And there's some things you might think that you have that you might not even know you need because you think nobody needs them. And so it hasn't even occurred to you. And those are kind of fun to find out of like, wait, you mean that I actually need that? Yes, you do need that. And it's okay to need it. Yeah, exactly. Stay tuned. In our next episode, we're going to break down the other two sides of this equation, the like anxious attachment and the avoidant attachment, uh, not the same as the fearful or the disorganized one but just a generally avoidant ones. So stay tuned for that. And we will round out this episode uh, or this couple of episodes with this like codependence attachment stuff. We think it's really interesting. Maybe we'll even expand on it some more um, depending on how it goes. But yeah, thanks for listening. Until then, have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. 
and you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 